Grief Stories is not a crisis resource. Please seek support from a qualified professional in your area to meet your unique emotional and medical needs. You are listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard, a social worker with an interest in helping people find hope and healing when someone they love has died. In each episode, you'll hear a real person sharing their story of loss and the insights they have gained that help them on their journey with grief. At Grief Stories, we're helping grief make sense one story at a time. Today's guest is Sarah Klink, a registered psychotherapist and certified music therapist in private practice. Sarah, welcome to the Grief Stories podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, for inviting the conversation. Yeah. So we want to talk today a bit about the power of music and how it helps people sometimes on their grief journey, how it can be useful. And I'd like you to begin, please, with telling us a little bit about you and your work and what brings you to having an interest in music supporting people in grief. Sure. Yeah. So I, um, I'm a, an accredited music therapist and a registered psychotherapist, and music has been part of my life for as long as I can remember. I live here in Hamilton and work in here in Hamilton and Brantford area. Uh, I have two boys and uh, lots of supportive family and friends who have encouraged me in my career using music to work with people with various kinds of needs. Over the course of my career, I have focus more and more on what music therapy and psychotherapy can look like to benefit those at end of life and those who are bereaved following the death of their loved ones, uh, both sort of individually and, and also in the group setting. So yeah, that is, that's the focus of my work right now, along with supervising music therapy interns in their uh, clinical placements and also teaching or being a, a music therapy instructor when the, when the need arises. Wonderful. There's some real opportunities for a little bit of diverse work in terms of how you connect with people and, and uh, mm-hmm. offer them your, your expertise and experience in, in music and music therapy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about how you find music is healing for people in grief, what are the ways that you find that it offers people a path that might be healing for them? Yeah, sure. You know, we connect with music in so many different ways at, in different seasons of life. And I see a lot of my work in bereavement care as also stemming from my work in end-of-life care and, and navigating almost like an anticipatory grief with individuals and families as they process and live through end of life. And so the work that I do at bedside with residents and families looks very diverse. And then the the work that I do with uh, grievers and mourners also looks really diverse because as as each of us knows, sort of our responses to music and how we use it for our own heart care, um, self-care, really looks diverse from person to person because of our associations with music, our preferred styles, our memories, our mood that day, what's going on in in our hearts and minds and our process in that moment. So maybe I'll just speak to it quickly in in terms of the end-of-life care piece, and then I'll I'll focus a little bit more on the the bereavement work that I do. So 
within end of life, I'm connected mostly with hospices in sort of southern Ontario, Hamilton area. And in this setting, it's really about bringing music into the space that is uh, desired or needed or beneficial to um, people and their loved ones in that moment. Uh, there really, there isn't one universal style of music that's prescribed or that works, again, because our personal responses are so varied. Um, so in the, those contexts, uh, the work looks quite diverse. I've sung and played songs that are requested and meaningful for residents and families. We've used song lyrics to prompt discussion We've written songs about whatever topic is most pressing or important for uh, people at that time. I've also supported people in either learning to play instruments for the first time or revisiting ways that they might use instruments for externalizing emotion, for expressing their process with end of life and how they're navigating that, or sometimes to enhance the sensory experience if, if someone is quite unresponsive or or close to end of life. We've recorded pre-existing or original songs together as, as something that loved ones are able to carry forward with them um, as they navigate the continued grief journey. It's It sounds like there's so many ways that you bring mm-hmm. music into the experience of end of life care as a way to support the person's personal experience. So it's that openness to all kinds of music and also all kinds of ways music can support people to explore what they're feeling, express it, and just connect with their feelings and with one another. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really, it holds space for, for being with one another in, in that moment and in that, that phase of the dying process. And sometimes it, it's just with me and one person. Sometimes it's a whole family experience when we're able to have visitors uh, within hospice. And so it really is trying to incorporate whoever is there into a space that uh, music can, can prompt sharing. It can prompt relaxation or reduce negative symptoms that the person at end of life is feeling, but it can also be quite a support for the family members and hold space for them to communicate messages to one another to process their emotions and their thoughts uh, as they navigate end of life with their loved ones. So it, it really provides a lot of different opportunities for connection and for emotional, spiritual, psychosocial yeah, support. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And it just is a, I think I like your idea of um, the fact that it just holds space for so much of that work that is happening for people. And I also like the idea that music is about heart care. You know, we talk mm-hmm. about self care, but heart care, I love that phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Thanks. It is it's something actually in, in one of my bereavement groups at the end, they said that they were going to carry forward the, um, the term I, I like to use the, the term heart space so asking people you know what's your heart space like today and so they really they clung on to that and chose to uh to use that term for themselves daily moving forward which was which was great to hear yeah nice nice maybe I'll, I'll touch a little bit on then what this looks like in in bereavement care since we know the process for loved ones continues after the death of of their person And the bereavement group model that I've been sort of working out of and developing, it has really been kind of this 
living model that's that's changed since uh, I started developing it in about 2008. At the time, it was within hospice with the uh, spiritual psychosocial care manager at that point. And we were thinking of how do we bring music and music experiences into a bereavement support group setting in ways that would be helpful or perhaps deepen the experience, give people different modes and opportunities for expression. And so over the years, this this group model has sort of changed and evolved depending on the needs and whoever is in the group. But we have been seeing how a variety of different kinds of music experiences in that setting, along with the group support, and also having uh, a theme or topic-based approach, those three elements have shown us that that people are able to connect with one another and with their grief through the music in in new ways or in profound ways. And there's a sense of gaining some coping resources that they can connect with their music in ways that they'll carry forward with them as the, as the days and weeks and years continue. And some of these um, music experiences draw from, again, things like uh, songwriting, music sharing, and listening journals. So to become more and more intentional about how they're responding to what they're listening to, what music is good for your heart in in that moment, what music connects you with yourself or with your loved one. And we've seen people really just explore their own relationship with music through the grieving process, along with their relationship, their ongoing connection with their loved one, and their ongoing connection with other grievers, and their connection with themselves and sort of this new changed reality that they're navigating in, in grief. So it's this it's this really beautiful thing that you do, which introduces music, which is music is all around us in our life. Mm-hmm. Almost almost forever music is around us as part of life. But when mm-hmm. you work with them through this process of bereavement, um, which is a kind of a natural flow from the work you've done with end of life care, you you offer to them a new way to use the music, a new way to connect with the music and through the music to both their mm-hmm. feelings and to one another. I think you're absolutely right in that in this kind of group setting and in the bereavement process, it can, what I've heard from group members is that it can be really challenging to find a safe space to both express your grief and be supported and and have space held for that and their stories and also as they navigate either rediscovering connection with music that has been part of their life but perhaps feels strained or absent at this point because the music is too potent for them or a sense of discovering music in in new ways through a variety of different methods that they might not necessarily think to seek out on their own, uh, but the group provides them a, sort of a taste of some of these music experiences that that might resonate with them deeply. Mm-hmm. And and such an important concept too is the idea that of what you just said there that sometimes when you're grieving, music doesn't land the way you think it might. It might be, mm-hmm. as you said, it might be too potent or it might be touching too sensitive of the emotional nerve endings where mm-hmm. it just feels like it's overwhelming or it doesn't it doesn't do what you thought it was going to do if you're listening to particular music that you yeah. had a previous relationship with. It changes yeah. sometimes. Absolutely. Mm. And you know what, Maureen, I actually I hear that 
a lot. Some people uh, really gravitate towards the music that was significant for them and their loved one because they want to experience that ongoing connection and they want to continue with certain rituals and genres and songs that bring up those potent and, and strong associations. And for other people, it is it is too overwhelming or they can't bring themselves to connect with the same kind of music or to listen to those songs. And what I've seen for some people is that the process with the Music Therapy Bereavement Group gives them space to start revisiting that music or gives them space to explore uh, music in a different capacity that connects more with um, an expression of their grief or connects with their their changing identity at this point and gives them space to do that that exploration safely. Yeah. Nice. And you also mentioned songwriting and expressing oneself this way. And I wonder if you want to speak a little bit about that exploring, because I presume that, and and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm thinking that you're talking about people who may not be already musicians writing songs, but people Mm -hmm. who are, are coming to a music therapy group and learning about music and how music can support them and, and, and songwriting becomes a part of that experience. Can you speak a little bit about that for people who are like not thinking of themselves as musicians maybe? Yeah, sure. That's a great question because one of the one of the caveats I give is that uh, for this group is that you no music experience or musical experience is required to to engage. And often I have people come to the group and say, you know, I'm so happy to be here. Don't ask me to sing or to write a song or play instruments. And um, because if there's maybe an intimidation of that process, not having done it before. And so when we do it in the group setting, it is a little bit later on in our group settings once they've had a sense of, okay, this is this is a safe space, this is a brave space. And within the group setting, I actually, I'm in awe of, of watching how the group members can support one another in the creative process or of trying new creative means of expression. And uh, the songwriting that um, I do in the group, it's, it's actually individual songs as opposed to a group song. We do some group songwriting, which is more like a lyric improvisation or spontaneous songwriting, which I'll also go into describing what that looks like. But for the, uh, the actual sort of songwriting process or project, I invite them to first start off with just thinking about uh, either what would what would you want to say at this point? And it might be what would you have wanted to say to your loved one? What would you want to tell them at this point? Or what do you want to tell others or the world about your experience? And sort of letting each group member take it in their in the direction that they feel compelled to focus on. And what we start off with is actually I just me improvising on the piano so that it's just the music holds space and it can become this container that uh, provides a sense of groundedness, a sense of safety so that the participants can just begin to write down words that come to mind. Sometimes I even encourage them to do almost like a free associative writing where they're not taking their pens off the paper, but just writing down whatever words come to mind. They don't need to rhyme. They don't need to be paragraphs of words. And we do that at the beginning for just a, you know, it might be anywhere from three to five minutes of holding space for that. And then typically after that, I just open it up if anyone wants to share 
what's come to mind for them. And sometimes people do share, sometimes they don't, but they, they can take it away and continue working on the song or not. And then the next week we, they come back with their lyrics and, and then I give them some music options that they might want to choose from. I've had some people come in with a specific idea of what they want the melody to sound like and they sing it out for me. Other times I'm giving options and then they can, they can make musical choices for their music. And we do that in the group setting so we can bear witness to each other's creative process. That whole path of, of sharing your words and your creative process with others in the group is, it is a very vulnerable space, but it's a very supportive space too. And I have found that by doing it with others, the benefit of, of having a, a supportive, sacred audience for your words is what has really impacted a lot of the group members to have their words heard and responded to and encouraged as they, as they navigate this this new creative mode of sharing their their thoughts and their emotions and their heart. Beautiful. So it's really a process of offering invitations to people Mm -hmm. to take the principles and the practices and then to just make them their own and to Mm -hmm. kind of explore their own feelings and what's important to them, what's at the present moment at the top of their mind, and then to support one another in doing that. And uh, what a beautiful process that must be. You know, it really is. A, it's, I often find it's a it's a true privilege to to bear witness to all of this. You know that that participants come to the group wanting to be in that be in a supportive space, and that they share and give so much of themselves and their process to one another. It really is. Um, it's a privilege to to witness that and to help facilitate and hold space for that. I think a lot of the, the group songwriting, um, sort of a more structured group songwriting, I've done in the context of more um, like bereavement camps or bereavement days with younger people, because sometimes the structure provides a sense of, of uh, safety and support for people who are doing it for the first time. And also when the focus is more on helping to promote connection with one another and other grievers so that the focus is more on a shared experience of grief. And in the bereavement group setting that I do with adults, I, we actually, the way that I bring in group songwriting a bit more is is in a spontaneous or improvised way. So it doesn't necessarily, although I have had groups who have asked for recordings of of the music that comes out of those times. And so typically, the group songwriting in uh, that group setting is um, more theme-based. So we might do, um, if our sort of topic or theme for that week is on meaning and what does meaning look like in life right now? How do we, what does this search for meaning look like now? I bring in sort of a, a melody that I've composed, but I leave space for people to fill in their words. And we do that together as a group. So Maureen, I don't know if I can sing for you over the podcast here, but just to give you an example. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't have my guitar with me, so you're just stuck with my voice, but this is, uh, it goes uh, like meaning you are here. Meaning you are here, meaning you are here, meaning you are here. 
I just leave space and invite people to fill in their words? So someone might say, I see meaning in, in my children and grandchildren. So then I'll sing it back to them. Meaning in my children, the grandchildren and family. And then we go back to the chorus. Meaning you are here. And so we just go back and forth between the chorus and then the next person can share where they're finding meaning. And then we go back to singing the chorus together. And it's quite quite amazing to see even the progression of that as people reflect on, okay, where are, where are the things in life right now that that fill my heart? Where are the things in life right now that I go to for support? Um, and then put, to put that into the song and to have the group, once they get the melody in their heads, once they're sort of saturated in this music, they begin to sing together the chorus and then they give space for each other's words in the song and we come back to the chorus all together. So that's just a little taste of what that kind of experience could look like in the group. So what a beautiful process that would be. And and I can really see how writing a song together, either based on a theme, like mm-hmm. you were singing for us, which was beautiful, by the way, um, or, the, or the process of, like you talked about with younger people, with youth, of bringing them together to recognize their shared experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. uh, creating a song together. Mm-hmm is that way of knowing, oh, I am not alone in this, right? Exactly, yeah. As the music becomes then something that they can, again, carry forward with them, and it comes to mind often the music and the melody kind of stays with us, and it's something that they can sing and remember their connection with others who have experienced the same thing and that they're not alone in their loss and their grief. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it feels to me like, when we put some of those words to music that it just opens up possibility in a different part of us for healing, that mm-hmm. there's a, a different part of us than we, when we speak something that, that we touched it differently when we sing something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I hear that from many people is that, you know, the music, I, people will often tell me the music kind of transformed my words. Like it, it highlighted them in a different way. And that's what I find people experience in doing their own songwriting process within the group as well. Is often people will then choose to share because we workshop these songs in the group setting. And as they hear their words sung, often there is an emotional response to it that they, that they can't believe their words could sound like this or be captured like this and um and following uh, some of the group processes I've heard from from some participants that they've gone on to write you know either a couple songs or you know dozens of songs following that experience because they've seen how it was possible to use the music and the melody to transform their words uh into an expression that felt very genuine and authentic and um, profound for them. Yeah, so beautiful and such a, such a, a really versatile tool in healing, 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that you would like to say to the listeners in terms of either encouragement or uh, reassurance about this process of bringing music along in your journey of grief? And and maybe it's based on your own personal experience, or maybe it's based on your professional experience. But if someone's thinking, hmm, maybe this music thing is for me, is there something you want to encourage them with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Again, I think coming back to the fact that music is so personal for each of us, and that there are different ways that we can actually access music or bring more music into our our lives as we digest or metabolize or share grief. I myself have suffered my own personal losses of deaths of significant people in my life, my my path of infertility and miscarriage. And I've grieved each of these losses differently and I've used music differently. And so I think just an encouragement for all of us that However you choose to welcome music into your grief and into your mourning, it can be a source of um, it can be a source of comfort. It can be an emotional release. It can create new opportunities for discovering creativity, which is a strong life-giving force. Um, but even I myself have experienced it in different ways. And one way doesn't always work for the way that we're feeling that day. I know that when I had uh, my miscarriage, for example, I, I couldn't write a song about it. It was too potent. It was too uh, painful. But what I did find was and access to music in a different way. And I um, I don't even know how many times, but it felt like for months I sat at the piano and I either pounded the piano or sometimes I just let my fingers do whatever came and I had my eyes closed. And sometimes I would just weep at the piano and the music held space for that. The music and my instruments were accepting of, of however I was that day in my grief the music and instruments were were changeable and adaptable to meet and hold this the ebb and flow of my grief. And so I think I would encourage the listeners and, and all of us to, to maybe think about how you might incorporate music, either music that you already go to for your heart comfort, and maybe think about other ways that music can be a companion for you in your grief. Uh, because it can it can hold emotion, it can release emotion, um, it can evoke emotion, and just really tuning in to how you're responding to the music you're listening to, the music you're making, um, the thought of of creating music in some way, whether it be songwriting, just singing out lyrics spontaneously, instrument playing spontaneously or with others, to be open to that. And perhaps explore and giving yourself space and grace to to explore what music can do for you and how it can companion you in your grief. Beautiful. And I think sort of the underlying theme I hear to all of that that you're saying is that people can trust themselves to find a way that music will work for them if they learn about the different ways to bring music and to to come to music that they can trust themselves to know what's going to be right for them from one day to the next. Yeah, I think that there's, you know, tuning into your 
intuition and tuning into acknowledging and accepting your responses to to the music and to how your grief is presenting that day. I mean, as a music therapist, I also know that there are professionals who can hold space for that, who are trained to hold space for uh, all of the emotions that could come up because we know the potency of music and we know how to how to support and come alongside and help people to to process what is coming up for them. Um, but it really is a journey of tuning in to yourself and sometimes that does benefit from the help or the support of a music therapist or another helping professional um, and sometimes in the group setting as well. Again, we we can validate each other's experiences we can bear witness to each other's experiences so I think that there's space for both and really my my role as a music therapist in those spaces is to help people even gain insight into their own process so that they can continue the path afterwards you know we help to come alongside with maybe certain resources they haven't thought to try before or even discovering and connecting with their inner resources so I think it's I think it's a both end and certain approaches will work for for different people, but it is discovering what is the best fit for you while also being, I think, open to considering how you can connect with music and maybe even music therapists in new and different ways as you navigate your grief. Mm-hmm. Knowing that even though sometimes you feel alone, you aren't alone and you don't have to do it alone. There's support for yeah. you. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, thank you so much uh, for sharing with us today, Sarah. I really appreciate your perspective and the information that you offer is hopefully going to help people have a better understanding of all the potential for music therapy and support in using music as a a way of helping them uh, process and carry their stories of grief. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Maureen, for the time today, for inviting me to share. And thank you all for for listening. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Maureen. Thank you for listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard. Please remember that grief is universal, but every person's experience of grief is unique. While our interviews are intended to help listeners feel validation and reassurance, we know that this story might be different from your own. Please visit our website, griefstories.org, for more stories of hope and healing.